1: There's another quote that's like, don't die with your music still in you. And I think you still got a lot of music. That was Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I think you still have a lot of that music in you. So you haven't even tapped into it yet. You haven't played any of the music because it's just, you know, kind of sitting there unfinished and you're blaming on you not being passionate anymore, but you are really passionate about it still. Of
2: course you're passionate about it. That's the problem.
1: Yeah. And so just let it just go. Just chill out just, a little bit. It's not precious. Chill out. Actually... You should make it your goal to fail at it.
2: Look, people will judge it anyway, dude. Yeah. people Trust me, people can't wait to tell you how much you suck at something.
1: You're like but a perfect thing. Is, yeah, you're it's never like gonna so have a perfect
2: judged. thing. You're, you're gonna have something that you're gonna judge more than anybody else does, so yep. just just do it.
1: Just do it, do it! Just do yeah, it!
2: exactly, like what Al Pacino said. Mm. Oh. In Any Given Sunday, a great movie.
1: Okay. Hello, welcome back to Shit They Don't Tell You, I'm Nikki Limo. Hello
2: everybody, it's Crypto King here.
1: Nice uh, drip there, Crypto King.
2: What, I didn't drip, I, I actually put the cup back, there was no spillage.
1: No, you're drip. What do you, what do you mean? you drip. I'm dripping? No, you're, I just think, I was complimenting your outfit, the fit. Do you have a cocaine problem now? No, Did no. Did it come with the outfit?
2: No, I thought, okay, okay. What are you talking about? Are you okay? I'm great. I'm better than ever.
1: Do you want to introduce yourself?
2: Crypto King, hello.
1: Okay, well...
2: Normal, just a normal... We'll leave that over there. Can we have a normal introduction?
1: We'll just leave that over there. We'll leave this, whatever this is. Perfect. Sitting over here. If you're just listening on audio... You'd have to come to the YouTube channel to even understand anything I'm talking about. It's just, just a normal, everyday introduction. It's ineffable, that I can't describe it to you. I honestly
2: think that the people who regularly listen to the shit they do not tell you about podcasts are just gonna be confused about what you're talking about because everyone's hmm. just sort of used to the show. But you're okay. acting like the show's like, is this like the fifth 500th episode or something? No. Okay, yeah, nobody, no, it's not. nobody really cares then.
1: Oh, okay, they don't care about our show? No, I don't, care about, like, don't what, care about whatever
2: you're trying to, whatever kind of controversy you're trying to drum oh, up. Oh, your rebrand. No, you're trying to, you're trying to drum up controversy. <laughs> people get it. though. That's what I do. Yeah, people get it, though. All
1: right, why don't we go into answering questions from please, people? Please. Is that okay with you? Get back to business. Is that okay with your new brand?
2: I don't have a new brand.
1: Oh, okay. My bad. You look hot. I know. <laughs> I'm turned on.
2: Let's not be sarcastic. Let's let's be honest. Okay, you're not just turned on.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: There's a nuclear meltdown happening between your legs right now.
1: So we got questions from you guys that we dr- asked if d- you wanted to submit need
2: to send that into the ocean. Any
1: questions that you want on any subject, we are not experts. Just a disclaimer. Or start if, it
2: in concrete. Responsibly dispose of, con- of nuclear material. If you wanted material, to always.
1: submit a question on any topic, you could submit to podcast at nikki that's podcast at n i k k i as yeah. some of these people did here. Jumping right in, I don't read these beforehand, so we're just gonna have to get dive into this together. Uh, this one is titled "BBC Ebony Mail Challenges God's Authority." Okay, let's hear it. Yo, what's going on, Nikki and Steve? It's the young hot nerd Patrick here. What's up, Patrick? <laughs> Hopefully you don't remember my last time writing to you because Jesus fucking Christ, it was bad. Apologies for giving you secondhand anxiety, Nikki. I don't remember, but I do believe that I probably got secondhand anxiety from it. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to say I'm doing much better now. I got a job with a new. I got a new job with new friends. I'm about to start therapy, and I've become a Patreon member. All right, sounds like you're on like, hey, the freshest let's path. Go. You subscribe to this guy?
2: You sound like a fucking woo holder over there, Bot. Alright. Let's go.
1: Tone it down. Oh yeah. Winning Com- only. Compliments, Nikki and Steve. Y'all are y'all are some cool cats. Thank you so much. Hey, that, thank was you, great, sir. that was a great that was a great
2: You have no idea actually.
1: I do. How true that is. I have a very deep idea of how cool of cats the both of us are. Okay. Anyways, I have two questions, but I'll make them quick. Basically, I don't currently believe in God or a higher power. I think my beliefs align more with Stoicism and Buddhism, but my mom is a strong, conservative Seventh-day Adventist, which is hard to explain, but it is what Joe from JK was raised as. She is already see- seeing that I'm not following the same little rules she raised me to follow, but she doesn't know how I have fully stopped believing. How do I tell her that I don't believe anymore? Or do I wait until I move out to tell her? Also, if you feel comfortable to answer this, what do each of you guys believe? I'd love to hear some other perspectives. Next, this is more of a Nikki question, but- well, first, um, let's get to the first one. Okay.
2: Um, just send her clips of Joe. I think if you send her clips of Joe- hmm and you go. This is like what becoming a, a Seventh Day Adventist brings you. Then maybe she'll be like, "Holy shit, we got to do this a whole nother way." <laughs> so like, just send her send her any clip of any Joe. clip of Joe. any Joe. Honestly, honestly any clip any clip.
1: I'm not sure what a Seventh Day Adventist uh, is. Should it's I? a whole
2: thing. So it's like. You know, Joe had to do had to well. Joe and my buddy Ranma, right? Uh huh. They were both raised Seventh Day. Seventh Day. They have to do things a certain way, and it's all very strict. And like, it, well, it depends on how strict your parents are, because even Joe and Ranma have like a little like a little bit uh-huh. of variation between them. Um, by the way that they, they were raised, but it's if like Joe's mom was extremely fucking strict, Ranma's parents were extremely strict as well. Um, so it just really depends, but. uh Look, just show them the result of all that. Oh, they're tightening. not
1: allowed to have alcohol, tobacco, drugs. Yeah. Oh, that's why Joe does did so many drugs. Probably. Yeah, so you
2: many. just
1: end up becoming the opposite of your parents. See, this is what I okay. But Joe I cleaned up now. I don't have a problem yeah. with you know any religion. Whatever you want to believe, believe it. Yeah. But I will say I have noticed a trend of the more extreme your parents are, either one way or another, let's say they were extreme Christians, uh, I've noticed that it leads to the kids becoming atheists. like, and, and not just atheists, but like vocal Bro, atheists. Like your childhood so-
2: friend, I won't mention her name, but mm-hmm. come on. She was like the strictest, most religiously raised person. Yeah. She went the other way in such a way that she ended up Getting gangbanged and shit, bro.
1: And Wiccan and all this stuff. Oh, bro. Like, yeah. sh-
2: like worshiping like
1: Mother Nature and shit. Okay. A and nightmare. Then, well, then there's also just like mutual friends that we know that I won't name names or anything, but like, they are super, like their whole brand is being atheist to the point where they, I feel, are more preachy than most religious people yes. I know about how atheist they are. That's a lot and, too. Like, they it go, becomes a religion too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, and I, I always found it fascinating because I don't feel like it should be that extreme of a, I have to put my foot down and say this, like believe what you want to believe. It's supposed to be your own spirituality. Yeah. So if you're atheist, just be atheist. Why you got to like yell from the rooftops how atheist you are. If and I've met
2: some dope atheists, but she's talking about like the people who just take yeah. it to the umpteenth, right? Well,
1: because... Okay, it's like well, you're a
2: fucking fan of the color gold and it's like, oh, now you got to wear gold like all all day, every day? And, and every I've, fucking, I've known
1: some really all like, your outfits? devout religious people whose parents were like all fucked up and not, not believers. And so they found you know, religion to give them some structure in their life. So, you know, it goes vice versa. Maybe their
2: childhood friend had religious parents and they got pulled in that way and it gave them like direction it was good for them. And so it gave them structure and they needed it. But then like, I've almost never heard a story about, like, somebody who, like, became atheist because they needed structure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's always, like, to get away from the structure. It's always to get away from the
2: way too much structure, which is beautiful, too. Yeah. It's just, you know, there's yin yin and yang always.
1: You tend to, like, overcompensate for trying to get away from that structure. And then
2: sometimes because you got so wronged by the one thing, by the one side, which I had a buddy who got so wronged by religion, mm-hmm. that he would never even hear it again afterward because he went the other way. Yeah. But it's like, okay, dude, but but there is a beauty to the mi- to the middle. Um I think, I mean for, for me personally anyway. Like I, I think me and Nikki are more agnostic. Yeah. Like we don't you know, I'm not I don't have the balls to just sit here and say there's no god. Final answer, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna, I can't do that.
1: Yeah, I would say I'm a little bit more spiritual than that. I me too. Don't care what label you give it, but I do think that there's like,
2: I think that man a corrupts- very
1: creative, uh, like energy. Very, yeah, and I think
2: that man corrupts it nonstop. Absolutely, because that-
1: because it's not it's not something for man to figure out
2: exactly you know and, and you then even
1: communicate they try to like exactly they try to like put their stamp on it and like try to dissect it and analyze it to death and like try to figure out exactly what it is and it's really just not that it's is not something to be figured out that no. way um but there are a lot of scientists who are religious because of that because there's so many things that can't be scientifically proven that there are like some diff- definite mysterious things and well. I think agnostic is a term for saying like, hey, I'm okay with saying I don't know.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to give declarative statements like I fucking yeah. know it all. And not that you guys do if you're on the one side or the other. Mm-hmm. We're not criticizing you. It's just that we find there's a fascination in the unknown and there's a beauty in admitting that you don't know something Yeah, that I've carried throughout my whole life, which has only benefited me. Like the curiosity of I don't know enough to put a period at the end of the sentence Mm -hmm. has served me very well.
1: Exactly, because when you know everything, then you stop learning. You're boring. And then then as for what what we believe, um, we touched on it, but both of us were raised Catholic. Um, I was raised super Catholic, and I personally like to borrow ideas from every religion that I've learned about after I decided not to be Catholic anymore because you have to go through this whole like very official ordeal um, when not communion, but the one after uh, I can't remember what it's called, but you have to get We're a sponsor. It's a, it's a whole thing. Well, that's when I decided to drop out of it yeah. because I was like, I'm just not into how strict that religion is, yes, but is. I still like believe in God and I believe in Jesus and stuff. And so then I went to like this Christian, um, this like these, those, not camps, but like those, uh, what are they called? The, like, no, the like youth groups. Yeah. The little youth groups. I did those. And I had crushes on the guys and stuff. I did and that. so, like, okay, cool. So we're in the same boat. I had crushes on the, all the hottest, biggest table. See, we bitches. would have been in the same youth group if yep. we went to the same school. No question. So that was cool for a little bit. But then um, my youth group leader told me that I can't listen to Eminem uh, because he. Yeah. Is like,
2: he was upsetting the change at the time.
1: Yeah, and he was like, you know, cursing a lot and yep. like, you know, slamming women, <laughs> slamming women. No, it wasn't even political. It was just oh, like, yeah. they didn't like how much she called women sluts and stuff. was just talking about his mom. I know. That's what uh, I said. That's what I tried to <laughs> that's say. That's what I said. <laughs> and so basically it just rubbed me the wrong wrong way because again the reason when i went away from catholicism was because there's so many strict rules of like you have to do this or you're going to hell and it's like i just don't i think if you're a good person you're not going to hell like what like what like why would you get punished or if you're jewish you're going to hell or if you're like any religion that's not like christian you're going to hell and i remember being obsessed with adam sandler at the time too and so um he's jewish and I was like, that doesn't make sense. Like, why would he go to hell just because he's not Christian? That's so stupid. <laughs> That's like so dumb. Yeah. And like, even as a 13 year old kid, I was just like, I just don't buy this. Like people can be good people and not Christian. And yeah, the- but did
2: you hear the Hanukkah song?
1: It was great. I love the Hanukkah song. You know, you don't like it? Well, no, it's not about You got a better song?
2: It's not about it if I like it. What? It's just, shouldn't he go to hell for that a little bit?
1: Um... Uh-huh. Not for like, me because thou shalt not cast judgment upon uh, others, which I think feel like the Christians well, I can do. Imagine like, if he did sometimes.
2: You know, Frosty the Snowman, like yeah, that not gets even, you in. That's not
1: a Christian song. That gets you in. It's oh yeah, about, of it's about it is. About a snowman that's magical. In fact, that's a wicked snowman. Like that snowman no, has magic powers. No, only that it comes from Jesus. 100%. No, no, Christ no. Sa- that's not, not what from Christians Santa would say. Comes from Santa. No, it's Christians would. Wi- you can't. You're worshiping false idols.
2: Saint Nicholas.
1: False idols. He
2: actually was alive. He lived. I don't care. So there you go. I'm talking years about ago. him.
1: Why are you? He's Gave not Frosty. away. He's not Frosty the Snowman. That's he a whole different thing.
2: They were his buds. A
1: fucking snowman that comes to life and has magic in a hat. That's that's satanic.
2: Reindeer were his friends as well. Anyway, this is all confirmed historical, accurate. Thank you.
1: So I stopped going to. Church and youth group, and then after college, I did a religious philosophy class, and I learned about like Buddhism, and I actually really liked the Yo, Buddhism that was my favorite one. a lot. Yeah, because Siddhartha. it it actually they have a lot of the similar teachings of Christianity. Yeah. So Jesus said a lot of the same shit that Buddha said, and I think that it just gets too interpreted in a strict way and turned into dogma because of people trying to like. Tinker and get power from it. And that's what I don't like about structured religion.
2: But the best thing about Buddhism, and I don't know if you've been around too many Buddhists, but I actually had a buddy whose parents were Buddhists, mm-hmm. and they think that Frosty the Snowman's a dope song.
1: Bart's mom thinks Frosty the Snowman's a dope, a no, dope song? No, it wasn't Bart.
2: It wasn't Bart. Well, Bart's not. mom was Buddhist. My friend Kyle when I was a kid. But he's, but.
1: Well, ask Bart's mom. I want to know. I
2: will. Directly from I her. I probably will. We'll God. probably get on a hot seat and we'll do it.
1: So anyway, sometimes I get comments on here that are like, you need a relationship with Jesus. And I'm like, I have not lost a relationship with Jesus. It's weird because like, I'm not like, I wouldn't label myself a Christian, but I still like believe in all, a lot of things that from there. And then also I really like, um, just some of the esoteric, more, like energy stuff, like where I think that when you're in alignment with purpose in the universe, like if you want to call it God, the universe, the flow of things, I think there's a spiritual, uh, je ne sais quoi that can't be explained by science. Um, so. But I think
2: it kind of can be too. I mean,
1: everything's energy.
2: Absolutely. But where does
1: this frequency come from know, that gets you in the flow of things? But, like where the athletes get in the flow of things, like where's that energy coming from?
2: Well, look at these new images that we're getting from like, uh nasas the nasas right Mm -hmm. looking at sick imagery yeah james webb telescope fucking shout out they're using gold-plated fucking mirrors and shit to like pull
1: like your sunglasses
2: protons from the universe yeah kind of but like and my whole outfit but like to pull all you know light from the universe and like to analyze it and then like we can actually collect it and kind of see our origins and yeah the more that i think that they research the more that i think that we're surrounded by light mm-hmm. and energy and like all the things that I believe personally anyway. yeah. So yeah, it's very easy for me to think that like, you know, we're both infinitesimally small and yet at the same time, in the beautiful way, yeah, we're just as big as anything that is the biggest thing because we are all connected. And, and that um, is only it only gets confirmed to me, and maybe that's my own recency bias, or that's my own like um, confirmation bias because mm. that's what I'm looking for maybe when I see that stuff. But
1: no, I feel a connection to a lot of like plants, animals, things, hundred ocean, especially when I'm floating in the ocean. But that's because I think we all came from the same source, and me I too. think when we die, we go back to the same source. Yeah. And you can call it a variety of things, as it's called in a variety of religions. We're but made I think, of they're, the same shit, I think though. they're all talking about the same thing. Yep. So yep. anyway, that's and kind of also too
2: um i just um have felt that way always like since i was a kid yeah and it's never been interrupted even so there's like there's temporary things that interrupt that like the catholic church and like all this other stuff that interrupt that maybe a little bit but then when i get back to my own like mean like Mm. the the regular shit for me then i'm like oh yeah i really do feel this way still
1: i don't know if i had such a like solid like this is how things are when i was a kid it was more like i have always had this radar like meter inside that like when i'm guided towards something that feels very true it's like ding 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 ding, it's very true and then like when it's something that feels off it's like there's something off about this and like and so that's how i felt about catholic religion where i was got to a point where i was like I I like this over here, but like there's something wrong here. Like I, and I don't know what it is. It's, I can't put my finger on it, but even since I was a kid, there's always been this innate intuition that's like guided me towards like what I think is truth and real. And I've just always followed that even if it's against the grain or whatever, you know, my friends or family wanted me to do. But my mom was always very cool about that. She always like, kind of let me choose my own thing. She was very, like, freedom enforcing. Nice. Which is cool. I I'm very, feel very fortunate to have been able to choose. And I think because of that is why I never went extreme about anything. Never went into drugs. Never got mm-hmm, into, same. like, because she was really free about it. She was like, hey, you can do that. But, like, just so you know, like, this could happen to you. And then it made me not want to do it.
2: Well, my parents did this shit to me, which was a little different, where they're like, you're... You're the oldest, right, brother? So, like, you know, I have an older sister, but mm-hmm. I have two younger brothers. So like, so my mom always put the screws on me, like, you know, your brothers are looking at you, and they're going to always look at you, Steven. They're always looking at you, Steven. So, like, you better not do anything stupid, because if you do it, they're going to do it. And so I was like, fuck. So I didn't even fucking have a drink of alcohol <laughs> until after I was 21. Square. I know. <laughs> I didn't do it. And, you know... <laughs> when I found out later both my brothers were getting fucking stoned and shit <laughs> I,
1: didn't,
2: I didn't even know I was like sacrificing like all that shit for them and I didn't even like just to be a good example or whatever and then I found out later that they're doing it anyway and so and my, my other brother's fucking hot boxing my other brother so I'm like cool this was worthless
1: see you get rigid rules put on you this is what you end up like extreme extreme, extreme you, rebellion
2: dude. I rebelled later
1: I can tell much later I can tell All right, the second part says, uh, Nikki, this is more of a... Next is more more of a Nikki question. How the fuck do you know which hobby to focus on mastering? I have a lot of hobbies that I would like to dive deeper into. I just don't know which one to focus on first. I'd like to make money eventually from any of them, but I'd do all of them without pay anyways. Money isn't really a driving force. It would be just nice to have. Thanks for reading. I don't know how I choose. I get really fucking interested in something, and then I can't stop researching it or paying attention to it. And, like, sometimes... I wish the hobbies would last longer like um you know i was really into bullet journaling for a lot long- of sticker, yes. oh, yes. sticker making i was obsessed with sticker making i was like cricket was getting used i want to quit everything i do and just make stickers all day long <laughs> like that's what all i wanted you
2: to do <laughs> You'd be so screwed right now? i
1: know i would i mean and that's why i really have to take my time i have to put myself through like a five-point test like okay like Let's what if this really though. was your thing like would you get sick of it and i'm like yeah i'm pretty sick of it yes. so um quickly yeah i mean i'd say get obsessed for as long as that like passion is really there and if it goes somewhere cool and if not it just wasn't meant to be something forever Amen. Amen. but there are some ones that stay forever like I think that poker has been staying for a very long time. I mean, it's always been something that I've in- been interested in since I was.
2: I've never seen younger. you more interested in something than poker.
1: Yeah, it it, it utilizes all of my brain, like and the creative, the analytic, everything.
2: You can go do it anytime you want. Yeah, it's a- easily than, accessible.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, with acting, you could only do it if you were hired to do it, That's it. and then uh, in class, I guess. But it's not like real. Like
2: you fucking YouTube videos wearing wigs. Yeah. Opposite yourself. Yeah. But you know what I mean. Like it's not. <laughs> you're not acting like like yeah. acting is like you know being in a scene you're in like a room and it's supposed to be different than where you are and like you're with somebody and you're supposed to be pretending about something
1: yeah you, the, only never other, that shit. the only other thing i felt this way about was stand-up comedy and that was like same thing where i couldn't wait to go home and write jokes and like hone them and then go back out and like workshop them at, at then, that, what, do you, what do you get
2: 15 minutes you know what yeah, I
1: mean? I mean, if that, like, yeah. usually at those shows you get, like, maximum 10 minutes. Yeah, you
2: can't, it's, it's so much more difficult to hone it. So, like, what yeah. you were able to do, and, you know, people were asking me this today because Nikki does a Twitch stream.
1: Oh, um, yeah. If you are interested in poker, twitch.tv slash tricknicks, I'll put a link in the description. And somebody
2: was asking me today, I don't know if you saw any of this because you were very dialed in. No. But they were like, hey, Steve, did you ever worry about, like, um, you know, the... The way that people can get degenerate about poker Mm. With Nikki, like when she oh. first came out with like I want to do poker, were you ever worried about it? I'm
1: like,
2: <laughs> bro, that's fuck hilarious. Though. I know it's, it is, but
1: I mean, I get the question. question. I get the it's question. A great question. I understand, but normally, just yes. Thinking of me, it's, it's just it's really funny. Um,
2: but I was like, dude, like honestly, like Nikki didn't even fucking start playing poker live for maybe six months after she started like hardcore. Yeah, studying, like studying this shit. I did a she lot didn't play money go either. It's not like it's not like I wasn't like, hey, do you want to go? And she's like, yeah, but then I stopped her. She's like, no, I don't want to go. She yeah. didn't want to fucking go until she felt like she until understood the ins and outs.
1: Extremely comfortable with sitting down.
2: And that was her. Like yeah. She was the person who found the hobby, and then she's the person setting the limits for herself. Yeah. But people don't know that either. So it's like, you know, you – but you, you're – I mean, you're the – you know, I uh, you're not. A, uh, I I put it, I put it probably wrongly earlier. I said Nikki's the most risk adverse person that I know, but you're mm-hmm. not. You're the most financially risk adverse person that I know. You're mm-hmm. you're more goal oriented wise. You're able to risk whatever the fuck.
1: I think calculated risks exactly. Yeah.
2: But but financially, you're not going to bet it all on something that you're not sure no, about never. ever.
1: No, I'm ever. not. I'm not high variance. Hell no. Yeah. But and I you mean. Set,
2: you set limits for yourself initially. Totally. Without even me talking to you about it. No. So like, the, but the idea that like Nikki comes at me and she's like, I'm just going to start gambling with our savings. <laughs> I understand how people might think that that's the case, but that is so <laughs> the opposite of what's going on that it's hilarious. Nikki's so calculated. I mean,
1: I've said this before in podcasts yeah. when we talk about poker, but yeah. I, uh, I only ever put in a thousand dollars into my bankroll. And even that I was like a thousand dollars. Like our savings gain? Uh, I don't know what the percent is is in you the thousands um you have it I do have it, but it I mean after it's not it's kind of like been skewed a little bit because uh I played the main and you crushed it the, but no but I played in the main event and that was ten the ten thousand dollar buy I've probably spent like twenty thousand since true. that win, but um. But it's still like, I put in $1,000 and-
2: She only ever put in $1,000 and the, it's, at over, a
1: it's at over, it's at over $120,000 now. <laughs> so- So I think we're okay. That's uh, basically in, in MTTs, it's been a 402% ROI. And in cash games, it's been an 11% ROI. Insane. Yeah. What's MTT stand for? Multi-table tournaments. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but basically, I put in a thousand dollars, and at the year mark of me keeping track of it, it was at one hundred thirty-eight thousand dollars. <laughs> it's now still over one hundred twenty thousand dollars, but I just like yeah. bought a bunch of it's like really expensive buy-ins that yeah. like kind of skewed out skewed the numbers. I normally wouldn't even after winning that much. I normally wouldn't spend twenty grand on buy-ins, but I was staked for half of it. See, even then, I was like staked yeah. for half Careful. of it. But um, yeah, so I've only ever put in a thousand dollars and within a year made over $138,000.
2: Yeah. And that, but that's, you know, not surprising to me,
1: but I, yeah, it was very calculated. It was very like, um, I don't know if I want to turn this into a full-time thing. So I'm very clear about it being a hobby. I'm very clear about like balancing out, out with work. And if, and whenever we go to the session, if we lose this much, we leave, blah, 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 blah. And, um, I'm only doing it as long as I'm passionate about it. And I just kept staying passionate about it. And so that's, I guess how I decide is like, I don't really feel like I, it's my choice, but, um, because I'm going based off how passionate I am, Yes. but it's, I, I don't pick it. It's like, you don't pick who you fall in love with.
2: Yep. And, uh, what, what, what's going on? You okay?
1: I didn't get to choose who I fell in love with.
2: Oh, I thought you had like an itch in your nose or something.
1: Nah, I just, something in my eye.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah. So no, um, I did get the juice who I fell in love with. This is really beautiful. Who? The one that got away.
1: Who? A killer. Where'd she go? You know why she got away? I won't tell you. I want her to live. I love her so much. I plucked her from the universe. <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, no, I, it's it, it's one of those things, though, where when it comes to you and poker, having watched you, having been your biggest fucking fan since we got together, since 2013... And I really am. I'm Nikki's biggest fan ever. No question. She knows it. That's that. very true. There's no question. You know, when
1: he first was like that, I was like, okay, I mean, it's new love. Like, he could be a fan for like <laughs> a year and then stop being such a cheerleader, you know? But no, he's like actually the most supportive person I've ever encountered.
2: Look, I have Nikki's back to the moon and back, right? Yeah. To the moon. And I say and back because the moon can hurt you. The moon hurt me lately. <laughs> I went to the moon with my cryptos The luna and, hurt you? Yeah and the moon hurt me bad <laughs> You don't You know what I found out? What? You you really 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 want to go to the moon right? But there's a reason why they have space suits, space suits. Mm. You don't want to stay on the moon
1: Is that why you got a space suit now?
2: No this isn't a space suit. It
1: looks like a space suit No
2: this is just my like regular attire Oh gotcha But like you want to go to the moon and then tell everybody that you went to the moon you want to get the fuck home as fast as you can like what the Apollo astronauts did Yeah like what I did is I went to the moon I hung out there for like a year
1: <laughs> like an umbrella like, academy yeah it's like bro
2: get the fuck off you're like moon, go home dude
1: you were like Matt Damon in the Martian eating potatoes on Mars and you had to cut like a little tiny piece of potato I did because you got so so poor on the moon I know well, I on Mars
2: la- I had to go land on my own rover yeah. fucking sucking gasoline out of that shit you it was a nightmare
1: it's crazy thank you so I'm glad you support me to the moon and back since it has so many so much fond memories for you
2: well it doesn't actually okay it's a nightmare
1: finish your point
2: no um but but watching you and rooting for you Mm -hmm. has been one of the funniest things i've ever experienced in my personal life yeah because it seems like whatever you're going to do next and whether people know it or not Mm -hmm. you're going to fucking crush it at it but then people might not even understand it until later Mm -hmm. until much later and so you know for years i i I told everybody that like you're my sitcom wife and like you know there's a bunch of people out there who are like yeah steve thinks he has a sitcom wife oh what he wakes up and his wife's doing his wife's making oatmeal and she usually eats cereal i'm like (laughs) yeah dude no it's it's actually much more intense than that (laughs) um much 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 more intense than that actually Um, But then I think when everybody in our personal lives, especially who know you, but they don't know you inside of these walls like I do. Yeah. See you in the World Series of Poker final table, fourth place out of 5,700 people. I think that that holy fuck, what the fuck is going on for them (laughs) was like me waking up and being like, what's Nikki up to today? Yeah. But like. That's normal for me, but they finally, like, the world got to actually see what I normally see, which is, like, (laughs) what the fuck is she up to now?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: But in, like, a a much quicker way. Yeah. Because I saw this happen over, like, eight months. Right. Instead of, like, what everyone else saw, which is, like. What did
1: you think at the beginning?
2: Oh, when you first wanted to play poker? Yeah. Um, I know never, ever, ever to doubt you. (laughs) <laughs> Ever. I, and i'm not even kidding yeah like that sounds like a joke but i really don't doubt you
1: it sounds like i threaten you but it's not that it's no, not no, no. that
2: it, no if nikki does something she's gonna do it hard
1: it's just like it's like it seems random
2: it does seem random and but she's gonna go hard on I it.
1: i go so hard that and like sometimes
2: you're like oh nikki why does this have to be about how much you love this grasshopper and how you need to learn how <laughs> grasshoppers can live
1: like, what oh, they what do they eat? Like, oh no, what's what, their base oh, temperature that they need to be? at be about
2: like Robin Banks? Hey, Robin Banks would be so interesting. Hey, Nikki. Hey, I, I don't know. I saw I saw this movie about Robin Banks. You want to check it out? And then Nikki watches it and she's like, I gotta check out my grasshopper. And I'm like, oh no, no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't choose what to get. Interested. I can't pick I can't, I can't, it for you. I can't pick I can't it either. I can't uh-huh. pick it either. Uh-huh. It's like sometimes it's just a fucking YouTube video uh-huh. pops up about candle making, and uh-huh. I'm like, I'm gonna learn all the things about candle making.
2: Uh-huh. I know. Trust me. I
1: have a whole candle making <sniffs> workshop over there.
2: I just hope that your algorithm never takes you a place where it's like, why you should burn down your house because it's bad for your aura.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. <laughs>
2: but, but no, but for real though, you, you just, you know, when you're going to really do something and like, there are times when like, yeah, you're flirting with things or whatever, mm. but when you're going to really do it, I know you're going to do it. Yeah. And so there's no question about it.
1: Like, it has to be really stimulating. Yes. I think that's for me, that's probably the the number one thing that if I was like, what's the, how do you choose? Well, it has to be very stimulating, it has to be creatively stimulating and um, intellectually stimulating. It has to feel like at the end of it, I have something to show like progress with yes. where I'm like, I, I'm doing it. I'm doing the thing
2: but like i said you you um like once you do it like you're going to you're going to fucking do it like all the way mm. and um and that might surprise people but you've never done anything that was so public before yeah so like i've seen you like go to the hilt about all kinds of shit but like normal people don't fucking see you go that extreme and and they're never going to know because unless you tell them about what you're yeah, going yeah i mean through, i even
1: was keeping Poker, pretty quiet on the down low for a, a long time because I just didn't want. I wanted it to be just more of like for. You didn't even talk but, about for six months. Yeah, for a long time.
2: And then yeah, you we, we took you to your first game at Commerce Casino and like then the the snowball started going down the hill after that. But.
1: Yeah, I started talking about it, it was more like a sprinkling here and there, yes. like not all the work in between.
2: Yes, you know, but that was the thing. It was it was really it was work. Yeah, it really was work, and and
1: the fun kind when you have fun doing the the hard parts that's how you know you love it exactly yeah
2: which is me and crypto it you know not to make it about me but honestly that is yeah the no best it very part. much is it, it's- i told
1: you the same thing way before you're talking about me into poker like i told you about crypto that i feel like this is your thing even yep. more than comedy Yep. but we have to take a break okay. when we come back we're going to answer more of your questions i know that was a pretty long Winded question. It was, very, answer, it was a good question. I feel like we don't, it's a question that we don't normally talk about, like uh, religion and yeah, uh, personal, spirituality, spirituality and yeah. beliefs and um, hobbies. I think they're all kind of connected, honestly. Yes, it's too. a weird, it's, it seems like two separate questions, but I think that that's all connected. I think creative forces are in alignment with like the out there, you know? Yep. Big time. Okay. BRB. So, BRB, everybody. Buy whatever we tell you to buy.
2: Huge shout out right now to Brian Jorgensen. That was sick of you, dude. Thank you. God bless. Uh, huge shout out right now to Mark. Mark W. in Springfield, Connecticut.
1: Back to our podcast. Jenny hey, Back to our podcast. Tuscany, and Florida. back to our podcast. God bless you. Thank you. Steven.
2: Cute. Thank you for supporting us, <laughs> All
1: right. We are back. And the next question is called. It's titled, update plus need your guidance. Ooh, we get an update. Okay. So these are. Both like both of the questions so far have been from people that have already messaged us. So, dear Nikki and Steve, starting off with compliments. Yay, you both are so wise and offer us such good advice. Thank you so much. Oh, I hope you know how appreciative I am of all that you do to give back to us. Y'all are amazing. You're so sweet. Thank you Thank so you, much. Sirs. Thank you. It's. I don't think it's a SIRS. But, all right, um, no,
2: but you don't know what SIRS is.
1: Oh, I thought it was SIRS.
2: SIRS is like everybody.
1: Oh, I thought it was just a a S-E-R-S, sir. Yeah, I know, but I thought it was just a funny way to spell SIRS.
2: Um, it technically is. Okay. But it counts for everybody.
1: Gotcha. Thank you. So it's like mankind, even though women are included in exactly there somehow. Right. It's always got to be a man. For all mankind. Label. Is woman not a man? Okay. Kind? I just don't. I want to get into these Kay. questions more. You keep sidetracking us with all these, with all these little tangents. You started it, dude. No, I didn't. F- I I was just saying it's not a sir. possibly take it away so i'm not sure if you remember me but i emailed you in november of 2020 about my boyfriend having the dating apps to meet people to start his photography portfolio i do remember this he ended up meeting a girl named becca and it all went downhill from there becca she made a comment about wanting to have a threesome with him and i and that made me super uncomfortable because a quote-unquote friend shouldn't see you like that anyways i held on to that relationship for another two years before realizing that he wasn't the one wow that's a long time he was my first love and we spent three years together total. He broke up with me over something that was his fault and that was the last straw for me. I disconnected myself emotionally and was already physically disconnected. I broke it off and I've never felt so free. So fast forwarding to about two months ago, I started started talking more and more with this guy from work. He's such a sweet and generous guy. We made it official and the past couple weeks have been really nice with him. We get along great. Our humor matches each other and we go through similar struggles. We both have pretty bad anxiety. I feel like his is more severe than mine. I tend to have more high-functioning anxiety and occasionally get crippled by it, but he goes through bad nausea on the daily. I've done my best to make him feel safe with me, and he has appreciated that so much. Today, me and him were both having a bad day. I needed him, and he couldn't be there for me because he was having an anxiety crash where his body was aching and literally giving out. And he gets... And when he gets like that, he needs to sleep it off. And I understand because it happens to me as well. But he did text me and says he feels terrible that he couldn't be there for me. And it is the reason he had stayed single for five years. He didn't want to disappoint the people he loved. So I guess I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. How do you stay in a relationship where the support is there, but they can't always be there for you? How much should I have my own back? When does it become one-sided? I appreciate any feedback you have to give. Thank you so much. Mary Ann. Sirs.
2: I don't know what that means.
1: What do you mean you don't know what it means?
2: Well, it's like he so she needed him. Yeah. And he's like, yo, I can't even come right now. Come? Like I can't come over. I I was like,
1: it's not sexual. No, no. Okay.
2: But he's like, I can't
1: Yeah, he was going through crippling anxiety. So he's like,
2: yo, I'm out. Yeah. Interesting.
1: I actually completely understand this because I was in a relationship where we both had depression and anxiety and um when i was down it's not like he could pull me up like but then when he was down i would try to pull him up too uh, you know it was like but it was hard because yeah. we were always kind of like in the same slump together and uh, like spiraling That's bad though. It's bad. Yeah. It sucks. I'm not going to lie. Like um i think this works much better because Steve, so I'm a fucking spaceman. This is how I've seen like a lot of like really long-term couples um, stick together. Is one is very turbulent emotionally, yes, and the other one is like super Rock steady. Sta- st- yeah, super steady. Not that you don't have emotions. Like no. you, you have emotions and you I go do. up and down, but you, you don't get like crippling anxiety. Like we don't no. have the same set of things. No, and what's hard is like. I like this In my past relationship, I was like, oh, he actually gets me because he gets it too. So, like, we understand each other. And then you feel like, well, this is definitely, like, the person that I'm supposed to be with. Because we, like, who else would understand, like, mm. this crazy thing and, like, put up with it and blah, blah, blah. And he felt really guilty when he couldn't. It was the same thing where he, like, felt guilty that he couldn't, like, be there for me when but I needed a, him.
2: Uh, maybe this but, is a stupid thing, right? But uh, not to cut you off. It's okay. But there's this thing that exists in my brain. Like, when I was a kid, this, it didn't matter what I was going through. If my mother was crying, which was, like, every day. Yeah. I had to flush it and make sure that I took care of my mom. Because, like, she needed me. And so there's just this... It doesn't mean that I'm not, like... It doesn't mean that I'm that I'm, like, putting something away for myself for later. It's just, like, in the immediate right now, I got you.
1: Is it because you feel like you're more emotionally stable than the person that needs Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah,
2: yeah. I'm just, I got I got this, I'll deal with this later. So yeah. It's like, if I'm dealing with something, it's like, you know, whatever the fuck it is. Like, I, a recent example is like, what happened to me with Luna. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was fucking wild. Yeah. Um, but I remember, this is a fucking funny thing that happened too, <laughs> Nikki comes home and she, <laughs> she honestly Era. probably lost like, what, 800? 300. 300 at, 300. at poker. And like guys, I'm not kidding. I could simplify this and dumb this down and make Nikki look silly. Mm-hmm. But that's not really what's funny about this. Like what's actually funny about this is the contrast just and <laughs> what had happened to me and what Nikki needed from me um because of the immediacy of it, right? So like what I had done with crypto, I'd been in for like fucking a year and a half, right? Yeah. I was buying Luna it was $5. And this thing went up to fucking $120. And like, you know, I sold some off de-risk some, but goddamn, I could have gotten way more off the table, right? Would have yeah. been so sick. So I lost like a million dollars, no question. Mm-hmm. In like fucking 48 hours, probably watched like a million dollars turn like 50 cents. Mm-hmm. So fun. Then, <laughs> and I'm not kidding, this is probably like 48 hours later, mm-hmm. Nikki's Nikki comes home and she's like, you know... Into poker, and she hadn't hit yet with the World Series of Poker. Yeah, um, or, or even the or even the twelve thousand dollars that you yeah. got from that other win that you got just before the World Series of mm-hmm. Poker. But yeah, Nikki's like she lost, or she lost some like three hundred. Yeah, three hundred dollars. And she's fucking devastated for like 18 hours.
1: But it wasn't about the $300. Exactly. Yeah. I know that. But it's it was just about the, the game. It's funny zoomed out. It's so fucking that you funny lost that a million it's million And then I came home like, oh, lost 300 But it wasn't. It's so funny. Yeah. But it's
2: not like I had to put. It's not like I had to like, like um, you know, like, oh, like I had to wait. My tears had to wait. Yeah. I wasn't crying. Like, I was fine relatively uh-huh. like it does suck there's no question about it it <laughs> fucking sucks but it was really made even more f- honestly hilarious and fun for me that nikki was this devastated after losing 300 dollars. after i lost a million dollars and it was a really beautiful moment for me honestly mm-hmm. there's a there's a thing that i have about me i don't know i don't know what it is but I swear to God, if you light an object a certain way, I'll find the brightest spot. Mm-hmm. I just find the light in things. I just do. It's just it's why my mother calls me her her light, yeah. right? I think that Nikki would agree with that yeah, statement absolutely. for how I am interpersonally, in yeah. and it's just that. Nothing is That's ever That's the part grim. that
1: people don't I'm waiting for the like I'm wait I, some people have known it maybe in crypto corner or whatever but yeah. like when you say that people don't see the sitcom wife part I feel like people don't see that this this like bright light part that you have the uncanny ability to like to really bring like a light to dark situations.
2: Dude there is there there's nothing more beautiful and more hilarious than illumination.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Right? And sometimes like People think that like laughing at something means you're making fun of it. But no. you're, you're, you're not.
1: It's just the humor, the irony. It's the irony. Yeah. You
2: can zoom out inside of yourself and not th- not think of yourself as the main character. right? Mm-hmm. You're looking outside of show. it. At the show. Exactly. Yeah. The show is so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. But instead... Because like the, when the main character trips and falls... He's not laughing. Yeah. But like when you zoom out, that shit's funny.
1: Exactly. And that's it. We both think this way I know, too. I know, it's
2: beautiful. Because we th- like
1: all be crying and like laughing through crying because it's so fucking funny. Yeah, dude. <laughs>
2: that's the thing. That's what I mean, dude, that's the symbiosis, right? It's like we have this verve. It's like uncommunicated. Honestly, I can look at Nikki. She can look at me, and yeah. we'll probably know exactly what the fuck we're thinking. Yeah, it's just this beautiful verb that we have because we see the world in the same way. Yeah, and we don't always communicate the world in the same way, but we see the world in the same way. So mm. I can maybe communicate some of those moments a little bit differently than Nikki, and Nikki communicate some of those moments a little bit differently than me. But the way that we come together on those moments, it's completely compatible with yeah. how we how we view it. So
1: it's this, it's not that this is not what they're going through, though. So yeah, true. Th- with her guy, I don't want to give you – I don't want to shut it down for you right now. I just feel like I relate hard to what what this situation is and I – being on the other side of it, I can now in hindsight be like, oh, that wasn't like as cool as it I, it w- I thought it was going to be because I thought he would – because we would understand each other and like the mental health yep. aspects of each other that – it would be easier or like I like we would love each other more because of it but it actually was really hard because it did start to feel one-sided and it wasn't necessarily his fault in some regards like there were other things he did that were fucked up but like the mental health part was just a hard part because it's like when he's depressed, he's just gonna shut off, and he can't physically be there for you. He can't emotionally, mentally, physically be there for you. So if you happen to be going something at the same through something at the same time, he's just not gonna be able to be there for you. Whereas like maybe you can be there for him in some ways or regards, and it sucks. And it's not like he he even acknowledges that. That's why he's been single for five years. And I and I get that. I think that. You guys both need people that don't have those things. And in the beginning, yeah, it's hard to explain it to someone like Steve who doesn't get crazy anxiety attacks. Like, he doesn't go through, like, deep depression. I have to explain to him, like, why it's... Why I'm having a panic attack over something. And I had to explain to him how to treat me during the panic attack parts. But now knowing that, like, he's so much more... Supportive and like the the kind of um, the compliment in my life that I would need for for my needs, you know. And I think it's just getting in tune with what your needs are and not lying to yourself. Because in the past, I was like, well, "I don't need that." You know, I can take care of my own, and like, you know, I can grow up be be a big girl about it, and like, I don't need my partner to be this like rock. For me, um, I know it's not his fault and you want to be like caring about it and empathetic to his, what he's going through because, you know, he's got crippling anxiety and depression. But you have to be, you know, pretty honest with yourself if it's that that's something that you want to be with long term, because I think it's kind of like a love language where even if you really like somebody and you really love, like if you love somebody, but you can't speak the same language with them, they can't be there for you and and like be there for your needs, even if they don't even if they want to be there they're just not capable of it you have to be honest with yourself if that's something that you want to stick around for or if maybe there's someone better out there for you how and, would you
2: break up with somebody who's going through something like that though
1: um I, you know it would have to be over conversations maybe yeah. you could work through it maybe you could guys see a couple of therapist together but it doesn't even sound like they're a couple yet they've been seeing it for two I months see. you know yeah, yeah. so um you know, I'm not there. So feel it out. But I will say that this sounds extremely similar to a two year relationship that I went through. And I tried to hold out and it made me sadder and sadder and sadder. And I didn't want him to feel guilty for it. I mean, he did other things that I found out about later. But like this particular issue, I didn't want him to feel guilty about it. So I kind of like sacrificed my own happiness to be like well he just can't he just can't be there for me and I still love him so I'll stay with him rather than like maybe there's someone out there that actually could support you better and there's more of a symbiosis with I just didn't know there was anything else out there yeah because I, I hadn't experienced it I so agree. yeah I wish you the best um I hope that maybe like you guys can work something out like go see a therapist see if there's something that other couples have gone through that maybe share similar, issues yeah i just don't i just don't know personally
2: it's up to you man compatibility is hard yeah it's hard to just nail down hearing it over the yeah uh, a message on the emails
1: oh this is another one about religion this one is titled should i leave my religion per steve's request
2: I probably did ask that. No, hey,
1: hey, Nikki and Steve, Iceman. This is a longtime podcast listener, Rocky from Texas. Sorry about my last email bringing up the Mandela effect. Different rabbit hole this time. I'm having doubts on staying in my cult. I mean, religion. Wow. Why is everyone shifting out of their religion right now? This know. is crazy. Apparently, we're leading the way, though. All right. <laughs> I'm, dr-
2: I'm dressed for this.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the summer of 2020, something magical happened. The Broadway musical Hamilton hit Disney Plus. I never thought I'd be able to watch Hamilton. I had heard about it for years, and the fact that it was hundreds of dollars for tickets and had a waiting list. Uh, after watching it, I was forever changed. It was amazing. The hip hop, the story, the awesomeness. I was all in. I would not throw away my shot. I didn't even know it was on Disney Plus. I just, haven't seen Hamilton this yet. This guy just
2: found out he loves musicals.
1: In New York, you can be a new man. <laughs> I studied the play. I studied the actors. Everything about it. But now, two years later, I'm beginning to. Doubt the holy script. There's a line in the play where they say Martha Washington named her feral tom cat after him, and someone says that's true. But after researching it on my own, I discovered. In fact, it was not true. Also, spoilers for the play, which is a story that really happened in the late 1700s and early 1800s. So, spoiler alert, probably over. The climax of the story in the play is the duel between Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. A classic. In the play, the duel over Burr losing the presidency to Thomas Jefferson. But in real life, it was over another election in New York a few years later. So, yes, for the play, it is more dramatic for it to be the presidency. But my doubt for the holy script is now strong. What other things should all could also be wrong in the play? Lynn Manuel Miranda, how could he betray me? I mean, he wrote this Moana and Encanto. How much talent can someone have? Should I stay or should I forsake the holy script and follow someone or something else? Thanks for your help. Thoughts, Rocky from Texas.
2: Rocky, surely this is a bit. Yeah. <laughs> and congratulations. Yeah,
1: that was great. I but I fell for we, it.
2: We we don't believe you.
1: I was really dissect. I was really <laughs> yeah. like waiting for the. Yeah, we got it. I was like, I, th- I thought they were going to bring up religion Nobody in the, in the you, play. But good for you. Amazing. Amazing. It's truly a great well piece written. of writing. Well written. We appreciate that. Thank you. That was great. Thanks, Rocky. Thank
2: Thanks, Rocky. <laughs> Thanks, Rocky.
1: <laughs> and yes, burn it.
2: We sniffed it out. Burn it. Too easy, Rocky. Do better. Thanks. Burn it. Do better.
1: Okay, this one's called Rediscovering My Passions. Hey, Nikki and Steve, I wanted to start by saying that I love listening to your podcast. Thank you for all your advice and sharing your life lessons with us. Not only is it entertaining and educational, but it gets me reflecting a lot on my own life and problems. That's awesome. That's exactly what we were hoping that, like, maybe if we fail at enough shit and then, and then share what we went through, that you could avoid slipping down the same Absolutely. path. So. Um, I also think you're both so wonderful in seeing how much you love and take care of each other. It really makes my heart happy. Nikki, I could literally listen to you talk about anything or watch you do anything and be entertained. Sorry if that comes off creepy slash Agreed. stalkerish. Oh Agreed. my God. Thank you so much. That's, no, that's really sweet.
2: Listening to interested people talk about what they're interested in is my thing.
1: Yeah, that's I've always said that too. I enjoy it. Steve, I really try to understand your crypto talks and even though I don't because I just can't wrap my brain around it, listening to you talk and defend something so passionately is so interesting to me. Again. I love it. Yeah. Talking about people being interested in something. I love
2: Nikki more. That's it.
1: Aw. Now, I guess I should put a little context for the question I have. I'm about to be 30 and my quote unquote dream job is to be an author. And it has been my life goal since probably the age of four. For forever, I've wanted that more than anything, but I've yet to finish any of my projects. It's terrible. I feel like I have so much talent and potential that I'm wasting because for some reason I can never seem to finish anything. I can have the whole thing outlined beginning to end, character charts made up, practice scenes for dialogue, etc. But once I get three fourths of the way in, I just completely blank and can't bring myself to write another word everything feels wrong and i can't find myself just going back and correcting things rather than moving on to the ending i know exactly how i want it to end too but i just can't get it out onto the onto the pager i probably have at least five projects that have met this fate i even thought about starting something quote-unquote simpler and maybe doing a poetry book first since those come out a, come a little easier to me but whenever I think of writing content for it I blank I don't know if that's because I'm always drained from my job I work in the restaurant industry or I'm just lazy or something but I guess what I'm asking is how do I get myself to refocus on my goal is this a sign that my dream is dead am I just not passionate enough about it anymore should I quit or am I just being lazy a lazy ass who needs a kick into gear sorry this got long I guess the context wasn't so little after all thank you again for all you do I appreciate every second of it so cute that you think the passion's dead absolutely it is it not you love it too much
2: you love it too much that's the problem. Look, honestly, this is why like most people have regrets about. Oh, I should have asked that girl out. Mm-hmm. It wasn't perfect. Mm-hmm. I should have. I I didn't have the perfect end. So like I I was waiting for the perfect time. You know, you understand.
1: Yeah, it had to be perfect. And it it be wasn't
2: perfect. It wasn't. Go figure. No fucking shit, dude. It's never gonna be perfect. Guess what, dude? Guess what? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Let me let me let me let me answer the phone for you. Here's what happens. Your dream project gets picked up. Then they take it. Then guess what? They have somebody direct it. They have somebody fucking produce it. They have somebody edit it. They have somebody do sound. They have somebody hire the actors. They have somebody do casting, right? So, so like your initial version of whatever the fuck you thought was going to happen gets sucked into outer space and distributed a million times before it ever even gets seen by one person, anyway. So, like, this perfect bullshit that you're doing to yourself, you're just hurting
1: yourself. It's a self-sabotaging thing. It is, It's this thing where, like, you think it's because you fear failure, but you actually fear your success. Yes. Like, you even said it, like, you know how much potential and talent you have, and there's a a quote by, I can't remember who, and I'm probably going to botch the quote, but it's like, uh, we're not, we're, like... We're not scared of failing. We're scared uh, that we're powerful beyond measure. Like we're power. We're something about that. Yeah. Well, it's not good
2: enough, right? For them. It, well, you're right. Because like the goal is maybe that people will see it as like, wow, this person's powerful beyond measure. But then
1: no, they're scared like of unleashing that power subconsciously. So they wrap it up as like being scared of failure.
2: I, I. That's true. I think that that's true for a lot of people. But I know people who are who are so obsessed with perfection yeah. that they only embrace failure. And yeah. I think that that's maybe what's going on here, right? So it's like, you know, I got a buddy who just fucking can't shut the fuck up about everything he's ever put his hands on that was never his. He can't shut up about all the flaws of it. Mm-hmm. But then he can't ever make a script of his own. Mm-hmm. He'll never make a script of his own yep. ever, not one time fucking ever, because he doesn't want anyone to be able to judge that the way he judges other people's yeah. shit. So, like, he judges everything through the lens of, well, why, it's, why isn't it perfect? And then he looks at his own shit, and it's never, ever gonna be perfect, so he won't even finish it. Yep. So, it's just a fucking fallacy anyway. I know so quite why, a few people like that. So, why spend the energy? Right. And But it's like, why are you spending the energy to begin with then? So, you know, look, people love the shit on me and go, Man, Steve, how many movies you've done? And if you add up the IMDb D B score, is that even as many movies? Probably, by the way. Just barely. But probably. So go fuck yourself. No, I'm kidding. Uh, so like, you know, but like, but that's the thing. You you have to embrace the process.
1: Exactly. And, and you- I was really
2: bad at that, by the way. I was really bad at that initially. Really bad and combative initially about embracing the process. I would be I would be putting up fights and meetings. Yeah. We have to protect the integrity of this joke. All this joke has to live. All shit. Yeah. Stuff that didn't matter later. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You just think like
1: everything it's is so a precious. mountain when
2: it's a, it's like, it's just a part of the path.
1: It sounds like you have writer's block. And I've heard some cures for this are to not think about how you're going to connect the dots. Like, so when you sit down to write, don't think about how you have to finish this project. You have to finish the ending. You have to get to the ending. Just, focus on you have to write a page just focus on writing a page and this is why because after you like if you force yourself to just write a page even if you hate it after and you crumple it up and you throw it away in the garbage just getting in the flow of writing a page you'll start to like unlock that creative flow that thing that goes inside you and like creates all the ideas that you want and puts them into a physical manifestation um that happens when you're in a flow state and you're not thinking and overanalyzing it. And the way to get there is by not looking at the bigger picture, but by just even making yourself write a paragraph, like not maybe not even a page, maybe just a paragraph. And once you write that paragraph, you'll find that you want to keep going. And you like I've heard of writers getting out of writer's blocks like this, where they just force themselves to write a page. And then before they know it, they wrote 35 pages. Yeah. Because, if
2: it's unconnected. I think that's the key, right? Yeah. I'm gonna write a page for fun. Yeah, it has nothing to do with my it has fucking to be for script. Fun. It's yeah. for fun. I don't give a fuck. It has nothing to do with my script. I remember I was actually at the end of the second thinning movie which, you know, these are my bread and butter, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I remember um, you know, the studio had, they were like, hey, we want uh, some kind of an ending where it's like an abridged to like maybe another movie. So then it was like, yo, here's a decree given from on high. You guys have to add a something that doesn't exist right now but you have to like create like a, yeah uh, you know a a bridge that gets cut off early it's a cliffhanger right so then it's like okay now we have to do that but by the way i, I always had great experiences with a lot of the uh, places that i made movies with but you do have to surrender a part of your vision your perfect vision because like you we all read books differently right when you're vision envisioning what you're reading everyone's envisioning different things like when that's happening like it, it, you have to you have to kind of surrender yourself to the process and you know m- many people might hear that and hear me and go okay well he's talking about how you know you make something and then everyone else fucks it up later but i'm not saying that i'm saying it's actually a beautiful part of the process when you surrender yeah this thing to the next Stage mm-hmm. that you're not involved in with as much. In control, of. yeah, you're in control of it in a way, but like, really, the people who are paying for it are in control of it, mm-hmm. and so like, they're going to make more of the decisions than you, and you have to surrender yourself to the process. Because, oh, really, are you going to wardrobe it? Are you going to act in all the parts? Like, are you just creating a fucking YouTube video from 2013 where you're wearing a bunch of wigs? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And like, how satisfying is that for the viewer? So like, you have to eventually just give it up to the process. Yeah. And, and that's a beauty there's a beauty in that too so embrace the beauty of the unknown don't do this bullshit where you feel like you have to corral everything into your own fucking gates
1: it was Nelson Mandela that did this quote I was going to say that nice. I, that's who was in my head but then I didn't want to be wrong and look silly Love it. but it was Nelson Mandela our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure it is our light not our darkness that most frightens us We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, and fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just some of us. It is in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we consciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. So sometimes I think that when you get down to the very end of things, this is and that maybe I'm just relating too hard, but like I have a lot of unfinished things because I get too scared of that's partly perfectionism. I've written it off as perfectionism, but when I heard stuff like that, it is kind of like a what if I think too highly of myself and this isn't the like as cool as I thought it was gonna be. So now it has to be even more perfect to make sure that I am right about myself because now my self-worth is tied into this project you know and so I'm like you know I start to doubt myself and then it never gets finished because I'm like I have so many videos that I've written that I never made that I was so passionate about but I never made them because I was too scared of subconsciously I just like it has to work the way I want it to be and if I can't make it that way then I don't want it to be but there's another quote that's like, don't die with your music still in you. And I think you still got a lot of music. That was Dr. Wayne Dyer. And I think you still have a lot of that music in you. So you haven't even tapped into it yet. You haven't played any of the music because it's just, you know, kind of sitting there unfinished and you're blaming it on you not being passionate anymore, but you are really passionate about it still. Of
2: course you're passionate about it. That's the problem.
1: Yeah. And so just let it just go. Just chill out just, a little bit. It's not precious. Chill out. Actually... You should make it your goal to fail at it.
2: Look, people will judge it anyway, dude.
1: Yeah. People, trust me.
2: People can't wait to tell you how much you suck at something.
1: You're like but a perfect thing. Is, yeah, you're it's never like going to so have a
2: perfect tough. thing. You're, you're going to have something that you're going to judge more than anybody else does. So yep. just just do
1: it. Just do it. Do it. Just do yeah, it.
2: exactly. Like what Al Pacino said.
1: Mm. Oh.
2: In Any Given Sunday. A great movie.
1: Okay. All right, guys. Well... That's all the questions we have for now. If you have a question you'd like to ask us, there's actually, there's like one more, but I feel like we just ran out of time. So we'll get to it on the next one. Um, And if you have a question that you would like to ask us about anything, we are not experts on it. Obviously, disclaimer, don't sue us. Uh, But podcast at Nikki.Limo is where you can send those questions, that's podcast at N-I-K-K-I dot L I M O. Love it. Okay.
2: Every day make progress, every step be fruitful. And yet there will lay before you an ever-lengthening, ever-ascending, ever-improving path. But this, so far from discouraging, only adds to the joy and glory of the climb.
1: Is that that general that you're into?
2: That is is Winston Churchill. I believe that so deeply, (laughs) creatively, about all things. It is the process that is beautiful.
1: I like how all these questions kind of tied into each other. They did. They're about like religion and passion. And I feel like they're all kind of intertwined. Yep. Like, I think creative force, like God is a creator and like we are made in his image. And I think that he is the creative force is what works through us.
2: When people talk about how they climbed Everest, which frankly, they mostly just use, you know, a lot of these Sherpas now <laughs> to just like carry him up there. But... Mm- when they when they do it, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
2: talk about the peak is the least interesting part. Like really? talking about the climb yeah. is the whole fucking story, isn't it? Yeah. So there you go.
1: You gotta drink like water in small sips.
2: You gotta bring out enough oxygen tanks too. Bring a tent.
1: I'm way too lazy to climb Everest. Same, I'll never Holy do. shit! Unless I have a You talking Sher- about laziness.
2: I need a team of Sherpas carrying me up there on twelve of them. It's too cold. It's like so honestly
1: cold. the second I get out of the car like if we're at the base of Mount Everest I'm like ooh it's so cold. And hey, you know what I'll
2: probably do? I'll actually probably do this. I'll chop her up there, take a selfie, chop her fucking back down.
1: No the choppers can't. They they freeze up there. That's why you have to climb it.
2: No but you have to do it certain times because they can chop her up there. I've seen it.
1: Well right. I don't. Trust
2: me I made sure this vision was accurate before I Well I'll I, kiss I, you before goodbye June. before
1: you go because there's no way I'm, I'm ever going over there.
2: What if I chop her up there and then I wingsuit down?
1: I don't care. Live your life, bro. All
2: right. We'll get there. Yeah. Maybe I'll do it in VR. All right. We'll be back.
1: See you next time. Bye. Bye.
0: Today's episode is brought to you by Angie.